0: And welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally where the books speak for themselves. I'm Liz. And I'm Holly. And it's the day. Uh, uh, We had such <laughs> was, an interesting like thing so quickly. The last one we did was what, back in December? No, January, wasn't it? No, I
1: think it was Generate, uh... in
0: December. Yeah,
1: because we did um, just, like magic. just like magic for 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 the holidays, and now we we <laughs> we took on Stephen King and we came out successful. We all finished we the came, book.
0: We saw. We <laughs> conquered
1: exactly. We conquered Stephen King.
0: Uh, yeah, it was it's been crazy. We went from a really easy kind of nice, soft going. Um, rom-com christmas like festive one to a beast of a book
1: (laughs) and it was my first stephen king like i had never read a stephen king book before so have you
0: never read one no
1: don't worry i've seen all of the movies and um i mean i read it but i was probably like eight years old and my mom read it out loud to me um but as far as that, like, I know, <laughs> I wish everybody not, could see your face. Not every
0: single bit. Please don't say oh, if you yeah. read every single bit. Yeah. My mom did not censor books for us. <laughs> there was like a pedophilic bit, and you you heard that as an eight-year-old. Oh, my. yeah. Wow. Wow, that is not an eight-year-old book.
1: You know, it's it's <laughs> it, it's a it's surprising that I turned out to be a somewhat well-adjusted <laughs> adult, then,
0: huh? <laughs> Okay, let's on to the. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move we'll on. We're really ex- <laughs> we are very excited to welcome um Jen and Steph back on. Surely, mm-hmm. uh, where we'll be discussing eleven twenty two sixty three. I keep wanting to say twenty two eleven sixty three because I'm British, but <laughs> that's true. But yeah, it is eleven twenty two sixty three. Yes. So yeah, uh, let's just get straight into our. our yeah, 63. what's our
1: first topic?
0: So, I thought oh, this would be a really good topic to talk about because we've had a lot of book bannings in America um, that we've talked about throughout throughout this year and last year and such. Um, now, this time, it's the UK's turn. Um, this has been going on for a, a few weeks now. Uh, basically, the publishers of Roald Dahl, who um, is an absolutely fantastic author, um, no longer with us, sadly, but he wrote some brilliant kids' books, Matilda, The Twits, The Witches um all the Charlie and the chocolate kind of factory exactly some classics that we grew James and Jane peach um mm-hmm. that we all grew up reading and and watching the films for um but the publishers have now decided that we can't kind of expose the, the new generation to his language and his offensiveness um so they are they've have re-released the material with um words such as fat removed uh ugly any racist phrases uh, and also any gendered phrases, uh, which is kind of strange. But um, so yeah, they have done this. Um, there obviously there was a massive uproar across the book community, which <laughs> yeah, is, think? isn't to be expected. It is Not surprising. Um, and they have now said they are going to release uh, the original versions as well um, alongside these new versions. But it's. It's just getting a bit stupid now. I mean, if you're going to start re- removing racist or offensive language, you have to go through every single book that's ever been written. And a lot of the books wouldn't actually have any any meaning to them after that. It, think about some of the greats.
1: Yeah. And what's really frustrating is like, you know, we have been dealing with, you know, banned books and censoring, you know, books forever um, yeah. but i I just feel this takes it to a whole nother level because now you 're actually impacting the words on the page that the author put, like at least exactly. when yeah when books are banned or challenged. It's just they don't want people necessarily reading those books because of the content. They're not actually going into a manuscript and removing words and changing yeah. words. Because I think of a book like To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, yes, there are some racist words in there. But I think part of the the power of that book is because it reflects the time period and yeah now definitely. reading that book, we can see the issues with with some mm. of those those experiences, and we can have those conversations about you know why it's wrong and and how it impacts people and you know if you go into to kill a Mockingbird and change all those scenes, you've
0: completely changed the, the meaning of the story yes and and yeah, exactly. I mean. It's I like, mean we, we know like we know, and we love Roald Dahl as being this raw kind of he was no whole hold barred, he was like right out there as gruesome and disgusting as you want to go because that was his kind of humour, and mm-hmm. that's what kids want, kids want the kind of the gruesome, the kind of hairy, ugly, fat they don't want everyone being pretty and. So like, think about it. How did they rewrite the witches? The witches were all ugly hags.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: what? We've now got a story about some three pretty witches.
1: Yeah, and and what does that do? It, I think that mm-hmm. all that does is change. It it changes the issue because if you change the mm-hmm. witches from their like how they're presented as like you know hags to what beautiful stereotypical women, like now you're you're addressing a different sort of issue on how you know yep. people are perceived in in media and like exactly. it's just i am proud that the united states um branch of the publishing company is saying nope we're not doing it we're not mm-hmm. doing it in the united states so um so yeah, i i appreciate is that fact.
0: it's mental absolutely mental
1: and, and i also um, wonder why why him be and uh and Probably because he's a British author, but then I look yeah. at someone like Judy Bloom, who is an American kids' author, and you know, we grew up like we grew up with Judy Bloom, and I like yeah. the first book you think of that I would attach to a to a similar perspective as this would be "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret," which, by the way, is coming out as an adapted film, and I'm super excited about it because <laughs> yeah, because that book. Looking back, you know, we all kind of read it as, like, girls, like, right around the time we were, like, nine, ten, you know, (laughs) because if you've read the book, a lot of it is that coming of age, you know, entering Mm. kind of puberty, uh, and you read it now, and you're like, oh, like, you know, I could see people wanting to change that and wanting to, like, not have, you know, kids read that book because, like you said, it's kind of like that no holds bar, like, this this is what it's like to be a girl in this time, and this is what you're going to go exactly. through. Like, are you going to take that kind of awkwardness out and pretend it doesn't happen?
0: No, exactly. Oh, that's one. Yeah, I remember reading Forever. Wasn't that the one that um, they renamed a certain body part, Ralph?
1: Oh, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but... I, I just... But yeah, no, you see... That's the thing. I mean, how far do they go? How far? Like, I think this generation is become is a little bit too sensitive at times. Mm-hmm. If you don't like a book, don't read it. But, Simple yeah, as that. Yeah. If If you find it offensive, don't read it. Put it put it down. Yeah. You know. And try and get it edited or censored because. That just takes away the free speech which you guys supposedly are fighting for, and that you want to to have because you want to have the free speech to be accepted as anything you want to be. So why can't we have the books right. exactly the way that we want them?
1: Yeah, and I'm just glad that they're at least going to continue to release the originals because if they it's didn't, it means
0: that, yeah, yeah,
1: that's just that's a whole whole another issue that is just oh, yeah. so unacceptable.
0: I mean, that would mean that you'd have to literally find the old copies in, like, charity shops and, and thrift shops um, because I wouldn't want my kids reading the new versions because that's not who who Roldo ever was. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't want him... I wouldn't want to read this new version to kids because it's not him. Exactly. It's not his writing.
1: and writing. And, and you're changing the entire story. And, exactly. you know, and a lot of these these stories you know you the themes that you can help kids look at and talk through are age-appropriate themes and age-appropriate ideals Mm -hmm. that they need to talk about and it's a lot easier to talk about kids um with kids these these kind of more sensitive topics when you can look at a story and you can kind of help them learn empathy because those are things kids need to learn and, and books help them learn that you know um you know, and if you're concerned about the content of a book, one, as a parent, you can make those individual decisions. But two, read the book with them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. let them experience the book and the story and the lessons, but be involved. Read, talk to your yeah, kids. Because
0: because then when the word fat or ugly or whatever comes up, you can say to them, This isn't the right word. To, like you can't use this in to describe someone else.
1: Yeah. And the power you can make
0: it clear to them that yeah that this is being used in a powerful way in a book but in sort of real life situations don't use it
1: right because <laughs> like and when usually like in these kind of books like when that is used you can see then the ramification in the other characters and you can yeah. connect it to real life you can pull in real life situations and yeah, exactly you know kids you know and i see this because you know we talk about like my two teenagers all the time and like before the show started you know liz and i we were talking about my daughter and she's she's 14 she's one of the youngest kids in her class she's first year high school she's again but because she started school early she's the youngest now and she's Mm. a little bit of a uh she's having a hard time she's on her first out of state high school trip You know, with her high school dance group, and it's not going well. The kids are being brutal to her, and it all stems from like one kid spreading things around in class on a day my daughter wasn't in class, and now it's carried over to this. And so, my poor daughter, she's like, they're saying these things. I don't know what I did, I don't know what to, Mm -hmm. you know, how, you know, what I said, I don't even know how to apologize, and it's it's hard it's it's hard to be a kid it's hard to be a teenager it's hard to it's hard to grow up and go through these experiences but they they learn they learn these things they can learn empathy and they can like you know read books about characters who have similar experiences if we're changing the books the kids you know i don't know i just think there's so there's so many things that You know, if we can help support kids in a way, because sometimes they don't want to talk to us. They don't want to talk to adults. So when they're having problems, like you know, and I mean, the
0: problem is that if you do, if you continue down the path that they were going, you would be basically treating kids with kid gloves. Yeah. When they need to be exposed to everything, even like the the nice and the the ugly just because they need to see what the the real world is like otherwise they will get absolutely beaten down when they become a grown-up
1: yeah and and it's so true and it's like i don't know it's you know i work in education so i see i see the different degrees to which parents are involved in their kids education and 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 raising them it's like some kids expect us as a school to do everything and others perceive it as very much a partnership like we're doing what we can at home we're teaching our kids you know all of the stuff and then parents are like well i don't know what to do with my kid i you know and it's just like you know and and it's just like but every time we turn around you know things are being taken away in order to be able to help support kids and it's just and i know that seems like a, a huge kind of claim to say when we're just talking about republishing a book without <laughs> words like fat and ugly but those are words kids are going to hear from other kids
0: yeah
1: and if they exactly. you know and these are stories that for generations we've read generations have read matilda yeah. you know the fantastic mr fox charlotte and chocolate Factory, the bfg like these are generational books that will continue to be generational books
0: exactly so stop messing with them people i know <laughs> keep them as they are
1: so, let us enjoy
0: our, but... our fast and our ugly
1: <laughs> well and so this kind of transitions this into our second topic which is adaptations because if they are going to change and re-release like edited versions of his books what are they going to do about the movies because how many times has charlie oh, and the chocolate factory been remade you know we've had the 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 bfg movie came out several years ago um uh, yeah
0: we've team mm-hmm. matilda films
1: so are we pulling those James movies yeah like how does that impact the adaptation exactly
0: i mean yeah
1: and you know and i think movies are for for a lot of people movies are probably more accessible and, you know, popular than, than reading the books, because um, not everybody oh, yeah, likes definitely. to read um, so what are they, yeah, so are they re-releasing are they writing new manuscripts yeah. and re-releasing these adaptations and then, so one of the biggest adaptations that we're super excited about is um, From Blood and Ash
0: by Jennifer Armentrout,
1: mm. yeah <laughs> can you imagine them censoring that book
0: and to- <laughs> I mean, there will be nothing left of the book, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have, you have a few little travelling scenes, like, yeah, kind of going from one location to another, but yeah, other than that, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's So, but yeah, um, I, I wonder. I, I really heard, you know. Obviously, they'll probably start from the first one, from Blood and Ash. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a while until they get to the War of Two Queens. Until they get to a um. A certain scene. Yeah, <laughs> but but there's still there's still
1: some some scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if it's you're not talking about like you know some of the more mature um, scenes. There's still Me. like Me scenes. Yeah, and like violence. The, oh the violence. Like I just think about that one scene. I, I think I, I like when when Poppy goes crazy and she like I, and I still I want to say it's like chapter twenty six. Like I still remember that because I'm like <laughs> oh my god chapter twenty six don't f with poppy like like that that was the moral of that chapter
0: oh i know the one you mean yes that's the first one wasn't it yes because and it's like when she first like yes that was ah, what a great scene i remember and exactly the one you mean that was yeah that was intense
1: Mm -hmm. and uh bloody and brutal bloody and brutal (laughs) and you're like whoa who is this girl um but yes. That was, no,
0: that was pretty cool. I mean, we've had we've had a lot of armatral um news recently. I mean, to be fair, adaptations, we're getting more and more. Mm-hmm. For example, we've we meant to be getting a, an Avatar adaptation at some point. That's been in the works for what, a few years now. I think we we spoke about it quite early on in the podcast. Um, oh, I hope but... the
1: adaptation's better than the books. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, you, haven't, you haven't read all of them. They do get better the only one i I haven't read is the a court of silver flames i read the the three the three like initial main ones have you read a a court of frost and starlight not the no not the novella i haven't read the novella and i haven't read um a court of silver flames
0: i I have the silver flames right
1: here on my shelf
0: nice
1: yeah
0: yeah that's the only one i've got left to read as well again it's a beast.
1: I know. Though. i'll do it on audio you know and it's not that i hate the story i just feel like the last 150 pages are the best part of the book the rest of like the other 500 pages i could do without like i'm just like
0: she gets better she gets <sighs> she becomes like a, a bit more of a rounded person as the, girl along. She... the first one yeah i get you she Hips was quite me. kind of weak and pathetic crazy
1: like <laughs> literally like i don't know what it is about her um that drives me crazy. And it's funny because when you look at books like this, when you look at Akator and you look at um, Blood and Ash, like they fit like I feel like a very stereotypical fantasy mold. They're very different books and yeah. the plots are like the plots are different, but at the same time, they still have this like journey aspect to it where they're ever overcoming their past and they're figuring know, out man. who they are and and yeah. it's it's very it's very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the characters are also, in some regards, there's there's elements of just being stock characters to fit these different roles in these fantasy books. I can say that because I love fantasy. It is my go-to comfort genre, and I will continue to forever read them. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, if you look at, at Feyre from Agator, and you look at Poppy from um, Blood and Ash...
0: They're, they're very different
1: they're very different like the, they they yeah. come from the they're cut from the same cloth but how they're presented are very different and that's i think where the author difference comes from and how they're presented
0: but also poppy came from a very restricted very kind of isolated background a lot more isolated than then failure, if you think about it, I mean, she was a maiden. She couldn't do anything. She exactly. couldn't talk to many people. She couldn't go out in public without other people around her. And there was a lot of rules that she had to follow. And I think that's why she became such a badass. Because yeah. she was pushed down and she was kind of isolated and suppressed so much that yeah. she, when she rebelled, she was going to rebel hard. Yeah.
1: Then why is Pharaoh the way she is i mean she didn't have like i mean they she 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 wasn't as suppressed as poppy was but no, she I mean, but she, had... she was definitely like lived in isolation like where they were and she
0: yeah it's... she had it's a little bit more because bringing... i mean remember we found out that at the beginning like when she first this it's kind of a spoiler but not majorly um but they used to have money when Uh she was younger they Uh used to have money they used to be quite rich Uh and then they lost all the money and then then that's when she had to kind of hunt and everything else so she came from an interesting background and i think what we see at times is we see a bit of that privileged girl that she once was come through because of the fact that she she expect like it's almost that she remembers what it was like to be uh-huh. rich and to have whatever she wanted. Uh-huh. I kind of feel like when we get when you get into it, that's kind of who we see. We don't really see the independent, strong, tough, kind of, I don't need anyone else. Yeah. Because you don't really see her without a man, <laughs> for a start. <laughs> um, which is, yeah. Um, thinking about it, yeah, you don't, until, like, from the start... You don't really see her without a man once she's goes to to the courts.
1: Mm-hmm. She's just I mean, man, at least. Uh, Yeah. She's just I don't know. She just she just kind of irks me. Um I mean and there <laughs> and don't get me wrong, there was moments where it were Poppy Poppy kinda of irked me a little bit too. Um but, you know, it's it is what it is. But regardless, I'm super, super, super excited about this adaptation from um from Amazon. Um, and that's coming on. You know, we this was just released. You know, last yeah, week it's still in
0: development. Um, no yeah. casting or anything yet. So
1: it'll be a little while. But be, uh, yeah. you, this also comes on um, like just days before the new C. Uh, episode or, or season of shadow and bone is released because that's yeah. being released this week um, yeah.
0: so as yeah as we well as this episode drops it will be in three days time on the 16th of march yeah and to be fair we've had a lot dropping recently adaptation wise because we had so we've got that one coming on the 16th recently we um had the adaptation of daisy jones and the six uh-huh. that came out beginning of march i still haven't seen it yet but I, will do. <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> i haven't read list. the book either i i need to read the uh, book I first to the, i listen to the audio the audio is the best way to go okay. it's a full cast yeah i love so it's that it's like a radio play so you okay. yeah, do that definitely recommend that um and i'm sure there was another one and i'm trying to remember what it was maybe it's just those two but yeah we've got a few come up so a few kind of mainstream ones come out recently um, but I'm very excited for season two of Shell and Bone. I'm very excited to see how well they do with Wyland and with Nikolai. Yes. Nikolai's not quite what I imagined, but, uh, we'll, we'll give him a chance. Yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, see. We do have- we do have the the sexy Ben Barnes back as the Darkling. He mm-hmm. did a wonderful job last time. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and have you seen the trailer for it? Oh, uh, yes, God.
1: amazing. When it comes to the
0: big the scratches,
1: oh, down. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and, and I guess I'm I'm always intrigued to see because it's like you know we focus on like the shadow and bone aspect of it, but don't forget we have the um. Six of Crows aspect of it yeah. too, and how the it has been blended over the over the first season. Mm. So I'm still intrigued to see because they're they're two very kind of separate stories that they're bringing together. So I am so interested to see how that continues to to blend uh, yeah. and mold and fold and It's almost like in in some ways I feel it's like new. It's like a new new plots and new stories. Oh yeah, because they're blending characters mean... that aren't usually together
0: no definitely because I mean what's interesting is I'm pretty sure so Six of Crows um, correct me if I'm wrong that kind of timeline wise started after Shadow and Bone didn't it
1: yes because uh, Alina was like the was a saint that they kind of like talk about
0: yeah so what's interesting is that um, in the trailer we saw that Alina is going to be searching for those um amplifiers what are they called amplifiers which is really exciting I'm I can't wait to watch all of that. That's going to be very exciting. So the fact that we've got this going on at the same time is going to be quite, quite interesting to see how they weave the two stories in. But I mean, I love um, Jasper and Kaz. I think they've they've really done well with the with the costume for Kaz. I think oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. I love him as um, as Kaz. He's so good. Yeah. And oh, what's um, my mind's gone blank. Name of the assassin. Inej. Yeah, yeah. I think hopefully we're going to see a bit more of her in this one because she we didn't really see that much mm-hmm. in season one of her. Yeah, but so yeah, so exciting. You know, and it's funny. I mean, we'll, be, we'll, we'll talk about it in September. We'll, we'll, I <laughs> <laughs> when I finally get
1: around to watching it. <laughs> you
0: have spring
1: break next week I know but I still still have to work it's just a little easier maybe I'll put it on in my office while I'm getting some work done and then I can multitask with it no what would end up (laughs) happening is I'd be sitting at my desk watching it not getting anything done and I'll be like why am I not getting anything done oh because I'm watching
0: Shadow and Bone that's why um there's only gonna be about six episodes, so just watch two episodes a day. That's only an hour and a half out of your out of your day. True. It's fine. that's true. <laughs> um,
1: but that kinda takes us into what we've kind of currently are reading or have recently finished. And I one of my most recent finished books is Demon in the Wood, um, which is the, the graphic the graphic novel of the Grisha verse. Um and I know, Liz, you've already read it and
0: Yeah. I read it back in December. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's the it's the prequel to Shadow and Bone. It's the origin story mm-hmm. of Darkling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did you what did you think of it?
1: you know it's 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 short and it's a graphic novel so there's not a lot of like you just don't have the ability to do a lot of content in a, in, a, yeah. in a story that has that structure uh, what was there i I thought the the illustrations were amazing i I, I loved the the colors and the structure. yeah i just I loved it when it but when you just separate the content from the visual aesthetic of it, I wasn't too impressed like. I, I just I, I didn't get a lot of background on him like I get you know it's all about basically yeah. Grisha don't have any place to be safe I'm going to make some place that's going to be safe and that's kind of what leads him to to the little palace but that's
0: it like I mean that, that's still quite a big kind of a big backstory of his for us to get because we didn't really know why he thought about making his own kind of his own place um his own town um, I think, to some extent, it did add a bit more depth to the Darkling. I do, I do get what you mean. It wasn't as much as it I would have liked to have got.
1: Yeah, I just I wish that there was. That just, is the issue
0: with a novel.
1: more, more depth to him. More, yeah. I, I, I would have liked to see. You know, besides that one scene that really kind of, you know has the like the death of the people like you know what the scene i'm talking about at the lake like Mm. that was the best part of the book because i think that's the that's the scene that really you know develops him and shows him
0: i just character sean ready
1: right and i just wish that there was a little bit more um that was like that like another like you know
0: I think it would have been good to have it uh, have a longer graphic novel because mm-hmm. it was quite short for a for a graphic novel
1: yeah
0: um but yeah I, I enjoyed it I definitely did enjoy it it was nice to get a little insight into um, yeah. into his story but as you say it would have been nice to have more just a little bit more mm-hmm. um into his backstory it was nice seeing his his mother or his it wasn't actually his mother was it it was technically his was it his mother it's
1: that's how she was presented in the book as yeah, his mother. So I think yeah. And I mean, and she does go to the little palace when he, you know, she's there. So yeah, it's it, it prob- right. you know, probably is, you know, and it's, um, yeah, and it's like, you know, I almost wish that they did another one, like a sequel to the prequel, because this one was really like, I'm gonna create the little palace at the end of the book because Grecia needs someplace safe. Now I kind of mm. want to see one where it is the creation of the little palace mm-hmm. and how he goes about yeah, that, that aspect and how Grisha come and, and like, you know, because that would be good. we see the, the Darkling, like, in Shadow Bone is, Bones is, like, a bad guy. Like, he's a villain. And I still want to see a little bit more development in how, how he became that way. Yes, because, like, right now, we're left with after Demon in the Wood being that... He just wants to help Grisha. He wants to create the little palace so if Grisha have some place to train and be safe and all of that, that's still kind of
0: like a good guy exactly. kind of and, thing. Exactly, and we had like a little insight into kind of he knew what his power was, but I don't think he truly understood the extent of his power at that point. Mm-hmm. So it would yeah it'd be nice to kind of get him as even like a, a young adult. Yeah. Um, which maybe we all do. You never know. I know that they had... I don't think Lee, Lee Bodigo's got any... Immediate plans, but you never know. Yeah. fingers crossed. So might get something in the future. I hope um, so. so. Yeah.
1: So you just finished Assassin's Apprentice.
0: I did. Yeah, by Robin Hobb. Um, it's one that I I've, I've been recommended quite a few times by m- many different people. Um, it's quite a big fantasy series. This is part of the Farseers trilogy. Um, this is number one. And it was really interesting. It was just about this um, boy who he is a he's a bastard, so he doesn't know his parents mm-hmm. because basically he was taken uh, by his stepfather, as such, to the kingdom, to the uh, to the palace when he's eight years old. And basically the stepfather says, "I can't afford to, to feed him anymore. I can't. Um, his mother can't afford to feed him anymore." you can have him because he's actually one of the prince's sons mm. biologically um so it's all about his life in the palace being raised as a bastard which is not really kind of is looked down upon because he's not a true heir um but it's all about his adventures and basically the king decides to to raise him and to to train him um i won't really go into too much detail but he, he is raised as as an assassin, royal assassin um but it's re- it was really interesting her writing style is just really smooth really easy to read um it's sort of one that you just get kind of lost in the world um and i definitely recommend it, it was really good reading i've got like the whole of that trilogy and she's got about i think 15 20 books in total um i don't know if they're all in the same world but they are mm. like different series i think they're all the I think they're all different series, but within the same universe. Okay, you know, I've heard. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed. Um, would definitely recommend. It's not because it's different. It's not like it's fae. It's not fae and kind of witches and stuff. It's, right. It's more kind of straight fantasy as such. Okay. With assassins and things. But yeah.
1: Interesting. Well, that's yeah, cool. Was, you know. was this one of your like twelve books in twelve months recommended by twelve <laughs> friends?
0: Yeah, it is also that as well. So okay. I did my first one finally for my goal for twenty twenty three. Uh eleven more to go. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think I just finished my third one. Like last night. No
0: way. Yeah. I like I I
1: have I'm really excited about the books on my list. You're on it. So like they're books I yeah. wanna read, so
0: Yeah, to be fair, um I was still doing a few from last year. I, I think this year so far I read two from last year's one. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna finish last year's one because otherwise I'm never gonna get to this year's one. <laughs>
1: yeah, I haven't finished um, last year's. I think there was there's two or three books from last year I
0: didn't read. Yeah, I think I think I got it down to two in the end. But to be fair, one of them is quite a big book, mm. um, which I do want to read at some point. But yeah, I'm not rushing right now. <laughs> I'm just I'm on a really big kind of fantasy kind of thing at the moment. I'm really into my fantasy books. Uh, yeah, um, I
1: am too. And it's like I
0: I went through this period last
1: like towards the end, like the second you know quarter of last year where i was reading a lot of you know com kind of books mm-hmm. and and things that were just outside of my comfort genre yeah. and i just kind of got tired of it and so mm-hmm. when the year started i'm like i need to spend some quality time catching up <laughs> on some of my my fantasy reads that yeah. i really want to do and uh, and and it's been good so and even the non-fantasy Definitely. books i've read like i've just really enjoyed so But
0: definitely, because I've got, yeah, I've still got so many like fantasy books, and I've been trying to obviously like this year, I've already completed the trilogy for the Scythe trilogy, it's really good, such a good
1: trilogy!
0: Oh, it was so good. I need to read the new one, um, but yeah, I haven't got that yet. Gleanings, yep, and I finished, uh, what else I finished? I haven't finished that many. I need to, um, read the new Jennifer Alma well, the. Second, oldest, newest one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I haven't read like the the offshoot ones, not the not the from from Bloodnash series, yeah. but the the other ones. Um, Something in the amber, a flame in the amber. Yeah, from... I haven't read
1: those either. So yeah, I have a <laughs> so lot, yeah, of
0: those a lot to read. But yeah, like, it's nice. It's nice to have lots of different kind of choices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, I'm definitely on like a big, like at the moment, I've just started Stolen Air. Well, start a few days ago I started Stolen Air, um, by Holly Black because that was one I really wanted to, to get to and I'm pretty much the last two days I've been storming through that
1: <laughs> it's a great book it's a great like again like an it epic is. journey um, you know again it like fantasies have yeah and fantasies have those those journey missions yeah, on them yeah. and that's what it is and it's, it's really good but like what I told you is I was surprised because I always assumed that Oak would be the main character mm. and he's not
0: I thought it would be from when I because obviously I I, um, went to the event and I mean she didn't give away that much but I always thought from the start that Oak was going to be the main one because it's an Elfheim novel and obviously he was he is a prince of Elfheim so yeah and it's interesting that that Ren has had such a big part in in the book and I'm really enjoying it and she's really kind of coming into herself um, really liking liking her, her arc
1: yeah her her character development like from yeah. who she is at the beginning to who she is in the final pages it's like a completely <laughs> different person like if you want someone to go through massive character change and character you know revelations like she just discovers who mm-hmm. she is she discovers uh so much about her through through some of the experiences she has along this journey uh, and then it kind of all comes to a head at the very end Uh, it's 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 a really cool character arc for her
0: yeah because i mean in the beginning she's a bit like she's got some serious daddy issues <laughs> yeah
1: not only just that she's but serious. she's she's an animal she's like she literally is presented wild, as a yeah. wild animal like exactly and,
0: she's very feral mm-hmm,
1: she lives in a cave in the woods like it's just yeah she goes and like dirty all the time because mm-hmm. you know she's like an animal and then to go so it's not only the like the the Kind of mental and, um, and emotional kind of development she goes through, but she goes through a lot of physical um, yeah. changes as well. So, yeah.
0: and I like how they're switching timeline, how they're going back into the past, and we're seeing a bit of a bit of her childhood. Mm-hmm. Really enjoying that.
1: Yeah, because it ha- it definitely helps develop and explain uh, why she is the way she is at the beginning yeah, of the book,
0: as well as Oak.
1: Yeah, and and it, and it shows that they this isn't like a random encounter between the two yeah. of them. So, no, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, just a quick recap of our best sellers for right now. Um, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? That
0: was,
1: I was going to say that's that's where you say what. <laughs> what? Coho <laughs> what? has not been on um, the number one spot for a couple weeks now. It's mm. been kind of... I know. Something. she's been kind of jumping around like it's she's still don't worry she's she's still up there but it's it's number one slot's been kind of rotating recently so um you you saw this number one and you're like i'm not familiar with that it is by Mm -hmm. um the number the current number one is by cj box who is a an american an american author um but his new Mm -hmm. one, storm watch is the current number one and it's uh He's been around because this is book number twenty-three of his series. So, um, wow, yeah. So, but that's our current He's been around a book
0: a few times.
1: Yes, he has, <laughs> um, and obviously, people still enjoy enjoy his his writing. And and this, um, I guess the, the character in this series is something like John Pickett, I believe. But don't worry, Coho has her majority monopoly on the top the top five she is at number two with her new release never never which she co-wrote with taryn fisher she's at number three with it starts with us and she's at number five with it ends with us so starts with us and it ends with us you know
0: there you have it really surprises me that it starts with us is still up there because all i've been reading is not particularly good reviews i've been reading that people are saying it didn't need a, a prequel it didn't need to be to have another story attached to it. It ends with us. So, I mean, I guess it's people more, they're curious because they've read it. ends with us. So now you have to read it starts with us. <laughs>
1: I, I, I wonder if, um, you know, there's, there's something in those books that just kind of get you hooked and addicted to them. And you can't say no to any other coho books.
0: I've been told that they are just kind of very easy to read. Mm. Very kind of, yeah. Very mm. sort of smooth reading. Um, i was speaking to somebody the other day and they were saying yeah that they've read a few of hers and they're just very easy to read i mean one day we do need to get to it we keep saying that well we, we have parody
1: we both that's <laughs> the one that we said we, we were going to do so we said this year there's 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 still like nine months left of the year so there's there's time
0: it's good to see that it's good to see lessons in chemistry is still in top five yeah that's, very well deserved. Oh, it's, yeah. it's such a good book. Um, How about The Young Adult? What, what's the number one for that?
1: The number one for that. <laughs> um, I, I, know. I have it. I have it. I have it. You normally write it down, aren't you? I know. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what are some upcoming releases okay. are while I look this
0: up right we've got uh, quite a few this month so we've got the sinister booksellers of bath by garth Nix, and in the uk that comes out on 23rd of march and us on 21st uh the love wager by lynn painter in the us that comes out on the 14th and the uk on the 30th of march uh we've also got the mostly true story of tanner and louise by colleen oakley i'm so excited uh, that for comes, that one i'm oh, so excited i haven't heard about that one. Oh, look that one up that um, one's good okay um that comes out on the 28th of march for both the u.s. and the uk um and this one i have actually recently heard heard of because holly recently received bookmail and has posted it on the instagram <laughs> and this is made of stars by jenna voris and it comes out in the u.s. and the uk on the 28th of march
1: Fantastic, and those are some good books. Like there's some good books. I mean, there's good books every month that are coming out.
0: Um, I, I, I added the Gothic one. I just love the ti- the book, book title. It's just mm. such an awesome title. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, and then to wrap up the segment, um, the young adult number one. It's also kind of been um, going around and, and, and rotating. We had the the new Heartstopper book at the number one spot for a while, but the current number one for young adult hardback um, is. The uh, immortality. It's the book two of the love story.
0: <gasps> oh, I really want to read that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, love story was such a good book. I absolutely loved that one. I haven't. Read oh, that one oh. Yet. yep. Is, is, it gone, is it gone straight to number one?
1: It's <laughs> yep. It's new this week and it's number one. It opened. Oh. It came onto the list at number one. So
0: yeah, Dana, Dana Schwartz's um, love story is such a good book. <sighs> it's like very gothic, gothic romance slash kind of um all that past and, and the way they treated women in medical and things it's really interesting. Very good book.
1: So we'll we'll see how long it can it can be. Cool. So all right. Exactly. Yeah, so um we have been joined by Jennifer and Stephanie. So we are going to take a short break. Remember when we come back from our break, it will be our book club discussion of 11 22 63 by Stephen King. There will be <laughs> ample amounts of spoilers so if <laughs> you don't want the book spoiled um don't
0: then the next
1: yeah book. just you know <laughs> stop right here and you, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> exactly um and then we will be right back for our book club and welcome back we're so excited to be joined by jen and steph again hey ladies Woo. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Yay. Um morning. and to have our conversation regarding Stephen King's 112263 um which I know is one of uh Steph's favorite books
2: of all time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, and and you're a, a pusher of this book. Like
2: I am. I am a pusher of this book. I keep a copy of it in my office so that if anybody even remotely mentions it, I can show up in their office and force it upon them and then they're too polite (laughs) to say no. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I keep a couple extra copies, you know, for people who
0: need to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Say, how many (laughs) copies do you own right now? Three. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, and I mean, and I can say that I was on the receiving end of 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 your your your, oh, your experience this real life. <laughs> yes, I have. Um and and it literally is. It's like she hides it and then she waits for that perfect moment in the conversation and and it, it's not easy because, you know, this is a brick of a book. Like it's 850 pages, but yet she just whips it out like it's a feather and like throws it in your face and you're like here read it and you're just like oh, okay <laughs> i
2: mean i wasn't scary about
1: that. <laughs> no you weren't
2: <laughs> but it definitely was like here you
1: go have fun Ooh, and it was a ride for sure oh
3: yeah oh yeah
1: so um, so Jennifer, what was your what was your overall impression of the book?
3: Oh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean he's just one of the best writers ever. But um, I think I was the most impressed about how he talked about his other books or other places. Mm. Yeah, dairy we dairy. talked about oh. dairy, and I would stop and talk to my husband and I'd say oh you know he's in dairy again and this and he's mentioned this and this is fascinating but he, there is so much to talk about in this book
0: mm-hmm. Like you yeah. have to pick an area literally <laughs> mm-hmm. say, let's do just you know, focus on this I, I always love that they do a little crossover in the Stephen King books yes. like you always get at least one little kind of nod to a different book yeah agreed mm-hmm. it's so good
1: well this was my and first it made you te-
0: fangirl all over again. <laughs> yeah.
1: And this was my first Stephen King book that I've read. Um <clears throat> I know, on my own. And so um I've seen all the movies. So for me it was like uh, it, it was a daunting undertaking, but I completely agree, uh, Jennifer. He is he is a master storyteller. He is a just a gifted author. Like just how he he puts the words down on the page it it really was uh amazing it, it truly truly was so that's kind of like my and, overall impression
0: okay hang on a minute we need to rewind for a second holly what was the first first stephen king book that was interesting <laughs> and I <of> what age <laughs> so
1: um we kind of just talked about some we're talking about some some censorship censorship stuff um so <laughs> i have read, technically read the book It, which is the book that was kind of referenced throughout this one. Wait for it, wait for it. Um (laughs) You guys you're gonna think that I had like the weirdest childhood. Um so okay. We're gonna be right about that. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: How old were you? I was eight (laughs) and and, um my mom read it out loud to us, me and my sister as like our
0: Every single word, every oh, single no. scene, no censorship. Oh my gosh. That's is, is the craziest book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, and honestly, Holly, when you told me that story, that's when I knew, well, I can make her read this yeah, yeah, it, it, then. Eight exactly. The size of this will not traumatize her the way listening
1: to it as an yeah. eight year old might have. But see, I now that I think, think about it, it i i have a really hard time getting scared by books and like whenever i read a book that's a horror book i'm never scared by it because remember like with (laughs) when we read stranger tongues i'm like it was creepy but i wasn't scared like it was whatever um but it's probably because i was traumatized as an eight-year-old about this killer clown that's killing people and now i'm just like i'm like desensitized to horror
0: that bar was so high (laughs) so young there was nothing you could do about exactly I mean, I think that's probably the worst Stephen King book you could have read as an eight-year-old.
1: Yeah.
0: So. I can't really yes. think of any that are kind of more disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: yeah, you know, well, I, was... I, I don't remember it, though. I, like, I don't really, re- like... Yeah, so maybe I was... Well, so like, did you pick up over, on the
2: crossovers yeah. in 1122, then, since you were familiar with it?
1: hmm Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And well, I've I seen the movies. Book. Yeah,
2: the
3: movie uh, okay. was good, but yeah. I told someone oh, I was going to read it, and they told me about about the female and all the guys and everything that happened in detail and because i was like oh they're like yeah he, they they left this out and this out and i said yeah i i don't know
0: if i'm gonna read it <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that's only one scene the, the book itself it is. is very good yeah it's very oh, disturbing sure. yeah and yeah. very kind of quite scary yeah and also at least as long as this one oh, yeah. yeah no definitely it is it is a- another break <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and it's funny because before we started recording, um, the conversation was about how this is almost like a, um, a means to feel safe because it's a weapon because of how big it is. Like, just keep it on your bedside table and, you know, you're good to
0: go. go. Any, any intruders come into your house, just like, whack them around. Literally
2: throw the book at them. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there, Steph. I love them. That was a good one. All right, so let's dive in. Um, so, Steph, this is one of your, like, all-time favorite, favorite, favorite books. Number one of all time. Okay, so wow. you you get us started on a conversation topic. Okay. Um,
2: one of the things that I find the most interesting about this book, um, clearly it's a book about time travel. It's a book that asks a lot of questions about, like, what would you do if you could change things right but there's also so much about the book that isn't that like I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody picks this up expecting it to be a love story Mm -hmm. so like I would be really interested to hear from you guys how you thought those two things meshed because there's clearly like the book is about the assassination of JFK right but it's also about so much more so you know what were your thoughts on jake's life versus jake's mission and like how those two things meshed like did you
0: prefer one storyline over the other did you like how they came together i think it was i think it was woven in so well it was so seamlessly woven in the two storylines because there was so much overlap um i mean going back to what you said about the what ifs there was so much that left you thinking would i do that would i do this when it came to especially the relationship side obviously the big question at the end is do I go back and potentially save the love of my life's life or do I basically rectify what I've done to the the world and bring it back to some sort of normality and -hmm. it's just like there's so many sort of mind-blowing moments and questions that make you really think back and I think that's one of the biggest sort of takeaways I've taken from this book is that out of all the Stephen King books I've read, this is the one that's left me thinking the most is mm-hmm. kind of, it's the yeah. most thought provoking.
2: I would agree with that completely.
3: Everything was folded in perfectly mm-hmm. um, about even when you meet the first person, when you go through, when you cross over and what is he about? What is he saying? And then there's these little things that Jake picks up on, and says, you know, they're there for a reason, but I don't know why, and the girl's jumping rope, or uh, whatever that thing, that mantra, that chanting that he kept hearing, and those little times where you're just stopping and going, wow, like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And why are they there? And you didn't have a single problem with how he laid it out. Like, I didn't have a single problem with how he told this very, very long story. I didn't say oh I'm going to have to just kind of skim over that thought of that part I didn't like or whatever but all of it just folded in so well.
1: And I would I would agree. Uh I do mm-hmm. think that it hit hit a little bit of a wall at, like around the middle the middle part um where it just kind of just began to feel like it was dragging a little bit. I don't know if it's because you know you're you know Four hundred and fifty pages in, and you're just like, I still got four (laughs) hundred pages left to go. Um, I took a break. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's it's hard to compartmentalize the different components of the story um, because they they are really so, so. so interwoven with each other and every little moment has something you know to do and and what's interesting is because when you go through this little rabbit hole as they call it it takes you to 1958 well his assassination was until 63 Mm -hmm. so you knew going in when he goes if he's going to successfully do this he has to live in this era for five years and so this is where that life piece comes into play like he didn't just go back you know thwart the assassination and went back all in a day's work like he is aging he's living uh, in in the past and so i i kind of love the two stories but i think i almost would have liked them more if they were separated um because it's like the, the 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 sadie love story that's kind of where I felt some of the stuff kind of got dragged out a little bit Uh, but I did love as soon as it went back to making progress and doing his research and and the surveillance and all that stuff when it came to preparing for how he was going to deal with Lee Harvey Oswald I was like let's go but what I was most fascinated with with the love story side and his life side was I loved how King painted this era like the research he uh-huh. did and just like mm. the social norms of the time and the music and the culture and just the community i you know you look at what we're dealing with and what we see every day when we go on social media and turn on the news and then you go and take it back you know 60 years and you're just like oh what a simpler time it was uh, not that it was easy, because you know the we we hear about the Cuban Missile Crisis and all those things yeah. and
0: uh,
1: but it it was it was masterfully done. I just there were aspects of the the love story part that I wish weren 't dragged out as much.
2: I, I think, think the, the imagery <laughs> was just so well drawn, especially mm. we were talking about this before we started recording, but with the food. <sighs> Like, have you ever wanted a root beer so much in your life? <laughs> ever. And I don't even <laughs> like root beer.
1: Right?
2: I've heard that universally from people that I've talked to who have read this that it's like just the way he describes the full flavor of yeah. things, the way the air smells without the pollution, even though there's mm. clearly different standards for pollution back in the day that he talks about with the mills and things. The car I, he driving. does make mm. it.
1: The car, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's so vivid. And I think he just does a stunning job with that.
0: I think, like like Jen said about the whole, it's the little details. It's all the little details that really make this story such a, a wonderful read. Because you've got little details as in the background setting and all of the kind of tiny little features. And then, as you say, you've got the little details of characters who we've never met before who will come into the story at some point but we don't know where they fit in just yet it's the, like the little nods mm-hmm. and i think it's in such a big book you need those little details to really build the story up and to create this this big wide world um and for me i got to learn more about american history <laughs> because yeah, like true. i didn't really know much um about kind of that era Um, so that was really interesting kind of finding out about that and about the Cuban Missile Crisis because obviously I knew I heard of the Cuban Missile Crisis but I didn't really know what it was it was just one of these things that kind of go hand in hand with JFK's assassination Um, and again I didn't really know a huge amount about the assassination and and about Lee Harvey Oswald so it's really interesting to kind of to get that information and to find out more and it kind of made me look up things afterwards um, and look into it a bit further and i would
1: agree like you know um in american history classes like you know it, it's it's weird because so much is focused on like long ago u.s history and you know you talk about the revolutionary war and uh the civil war and world war ii and then once you get to world war ii you're kind of out of time because you only have like you know what is it nine months of school and you're out of time and so some of that more modern day history you don't get a lot of depth into and i will say there was a lot that i did not know about lee harvey oswald's life like i didn't know half of that stuff um, which i thought was really interesting but when it comes to like the detail, the details you're talking about, like there were certain things that you could have removed from the book and it wouldn't have really changed anything, but adding them added a different layer, like the yellow card man. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> the yellow card man. That was... Yeah, so what are your... And, and the yellow yeah. card man and then the new yellow card man.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, the, card uh, yeah.
1: Green card man. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about his that character's role and like because you learn more about that character at the at the end of the book and what his purpose mm-hmm. is but you think about everything from the beginning of the book to the end of the book and and what are your thoughts on on that character's role
3: well for me when I first saw him he scared me to death and I was like <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen here and you better do it right and you might to get through and then at the end when you find out why he's there and or the new one you're horrified you're (laughs) horrified that this person has been literally tortured Mm -hmm. because of this and he has to also take that in and so that was the great horror writing that Stephen King does so he took that one thought I had and then made it into this mind-blowing thing that you can't even get like is there another hole? Well, he said, yeah, there were other places and what was this doing? And who were these people? Like it offered all mm-hmm. these questions and then they're, they're being destroyed because of him going back and forth, uh-huh. you know, just yeah. trying to take that in. Yeah. I think that
2: that was a really interesting, the whole book is about consequences, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you, so you have this like overarching concept of what changes when I do these things. And I thought that the yellow card man is a really interesting way to like Focus that and really bring it home and make it personal. But it's not about oh, if you do this, then there's the butterfly effect, and in ten years we'll have a completely different country. It's you keep That's doing media. this, and this is how you've like affected this one person. You yeah. Know? So it was interesting to have the two different viewpoints of the same you know damage, for lack we, of a better. We word. We
3: only spent a minute with him going back, but mm-hmm. Stephen King did such a good job representing how destructive it was and like the way their faces looked what they were doing how they were trying to survive and he only wrote a few pages about that Mm -hmm. you know the book isn't even about that (laughs) but he was like it he holds so much in that little bit of time
0: which i thought and as he's, and as you say the yellow card man was kind of the the horror aspect that we've come to to know and love about stephen king because it was the whole shock and horror um, shock and horror factor when we found him with his, like, throat open. open. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, like, the, the main horror kind of um, aspect of it. And I loved how he, yeah, he basically tied together the two worlds and such because, obviously, the old man at the beginning, he knew about the green, the yellow card man and it was kind of like tying the two worlds together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would
3: totally agree.
0: And it's just, it's I weird. think it's interesting that you say that, Liz, because I have never
2: i mean i've read a ton of stephen king i love stephen king i've <laughs> never thought of this as a horror book but that's a really good point that brings that horror aspect into it you didn't in a think way. it was a horror book <laughs> <laughs> no, i've never thought of it that way
0: i didn't either i, did. I mean to be fair i thought i thought uh, that's the only horror kind of part that i thought well that and sadie whatever happens to her
3: and how out of control oh, that was yeah, that's yeah, yeah
0: that, there was a lot okay. of horror in this, that
3: not having any control over how that was going to go down. Um, and, you know, in Derry, where he finished off that other guy. That's you know, so true. I, like yeah, I was scared of death. The and you're standing there, and he had to make a decision, so he already knew how it was going to go down the first time, so I'm already scared yeah. when he goes in there with the gun. Uh-huh. And those kids are there. It's, it The whole thing was horrifying to me. And I know Stephen King so well, so having known that, and how well he does stuff is probably what made me more fearful. I'm like, okay, this is really going to go off the rails right here. And, and you, you also know, have I, the I, element I
1: of when... Because, um, you know, Sadie's attack. You have the this, this yes. situation and, like, the two situations, because he repeated it in Derry. And then mm-hmm. you have the yellow card man. And you also have the... I mean, the predict- Well, We kind of knew what was going to happen with Lee Harvey Oswald, but still, there was, like some some violence and stuff we weren't expecting but also when he was when he was attacked when the right. oh my god the, oh, the, those, that was british yeah the the gambling guys <laughs> came and like completely destroyed him mm.
3: um and and the detail that he oh, pulled that in and how the recovery, long the yeah. recovery mm-hmm. like
0: i he did such a good job with that and i think he that you're speaking to a lot of medical professionals for that because that was very in-depth recovery description yes. yeah
1: and i think that, that that does you know he did it so well because he was able to pull on his horror his horror experience and how Ooh, he yeah. writes more terrifying mm-hmm. scenes and i think that had that those had any of those scenes been written by someone else it wouldn't come across, across as powerfully as mm-hmm. it did by by his hand
3: Yeah, and having read his other stuff prepares you to sit back and go, okay, here we go. (laughs) You know, that's how I felt. Like, here we go, because I know how he can write. And how did everybody feel about the girls' jump roping? Like, they made me nervous every time they that showed up. That was creepy. Yeah, right? that was really creepy. Like the way? twins
2: from The Shining yes! or something. Exactly. I it really like, unnerved
3: what? me. And then one of them
1: was real <laughs> sassy, and I'm like, what is
3: she going to do, or what is she
1: going to yeah. say? Yeah. And they were, like, they were just always there at, like, just yeah. the most, like, inopportune moments, and it's just like... It was creepy. Like yeah why are you here what are you doing yeah i would sit up and go okay what's going on <laughs> yeah exactly so there were there were so many of those little tiny moments where it's just yeah. like he really did weave so many different genres together in this and oh, you yeah. and i agree like i never really looked at it as horror um because mm. again i read it as an eight-year-old so nothing scares me um <laughs> <laughs> But I see the horror impact of his, his ability to create those, those high-emotion scenes played out so well in the high-emotion scenes in this book. Mm. And I you agree. Have to think, Definitely. So
3: how many people either saw it or read it, and then he was writing this one later, correct? Mm-hmm. That he knew that we would all be going in the minute he mentioned dairy it was going to change everything about how we saw everything from that point for me. He mm-hmm. spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is the clown going to come out somewhere? <laughs> we going to find out who this thing, like, are we going to like, I was real excited about that part. And I thought this changes yeah. everything because now we're in Dairy. And we know what happens in Dairy. you know, like that made it really scary for me because yeah. I know Stephen King. It sense? was
0: fast. Yeah. It was pretty fascinating. I mean, especially once we found out that it was the year, the summer after, Pennywise had visited um, when the when the kids were children, so it's almost like we we got like a little mini novella in between mm-hmm. part one and part two of it, mm-hmm. because we got to see obviously um, of the two characters Bev and Mike well, Richie. Richie has it. Yeah. yeah, Bev and Richie, we got to see them kind of in between the two books. I, yeah,
1: I it loved that I yeah, loved it. His... It was
0: so good. Mm-hmm. And there are other
2: places in the Stephen King universe that refer back to this book that were written before
3: this book was. Wow. No. Yeah. That's how well he writes. So he's already thinking about wow. his mm-hmm. next books and his other books <sighs> and he's weaving, which Ooh. is terrifying and talent. So much talent. Yeah. It's my favorite
2: thing about his universe. When you come across those little, like, Oh, this matches
3: this, whether it's a yeah. character
2: or a word or a reference.
3: Yeah, we're Definitely back got... here at this thing that happened that blew my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and just
2: the overall thought that goes into something like that when you've been writing books for fifty years.
1: Like, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how yeah. do you even... so much go? It's crazy. Um, so my next my next question or my next thought was really about and you, and um, it's already kind of been mentioned, but that butterfly effect and that idea and that kind of connects with the idea that over and over and over and over and over again it's probably the most repeated idea in this book is that the history history does not want to be changed like the past is going to fight back it's it's it does not want to change so you look at some of the the things that occurred and um how does how does that concept how did you guys perceive that idea that the past didn't want to be changed and and the things that happened and how jake kind of Responded and reacted and just in general your thoughts on this idea of the butterfly effect
0: I mean I completely believe in the butterfly effect because we've seen it before it's kind of a, a proven a proven fact and I really liked how um, how as you say the past kind of fought back and the past was so determined because time travel is an unnatural thing it's something mm-hmm. that according to the past shouldn't really be able to happen So the fact that the past would be fighting back and would be trying everything it could to stop anything from happening that could counteract and could cause quite severe, quite awful outcomes. I really liked that. I thought that was very clever. Um, And I mean, in a way, isn't it also kind of... Jake, maybe you should have thought a bit more about well, it's trying this hard to stop me from doing this. Is it really a good idea for me to do this? (laughs) like the warnings because, meant
2: something right not exactly. just it's not just at the, the end. past fighting back it's the past going like are you sure
3: mm-hmm.
2: exactly and also yeah,
3: and him, it- him getting so violently sick like that would have stopped me right there i'd be like <laughs> okay i'm done i can't yeah. like uh, it's coming out both ends or whatever and then you're know, like he's with her yeah. now and yeah. like he has to worry about her but he has to have her because he was beat so badly and then like You're just trying to get there, and you don't know if a house is going to fall on top of Mm -hmm. you. Like, I would have just been like, we got to be, you know, that part, he did a really good job again. I was horrified at all the what-ifs, and how is time
1: going to try to stop me? Yeah. And and it was crazy, because, like, when he, like, like, after he's brutally attacked, and he, like, can barely walk, and he's the time like it is the 11th hour and he has got to get there to stop this and he's still man nothing is going to deter him from from saving jfk and you know and everything that he basically has tried to set up to do to protect sadie to keep her out of it to he he has to like adapt and what was fascinating was he was ready And it kind of, by that point, realized the past was going to fight him. So he had little safe holes kind of created and safety nets created for when the past fought back and what he could do. It was just like that, that whole scene from the time, like when it, when it's finally November 22nd, those pages flew for me like that was such a great great kind of culmination of everybody fighting for what they wanted he was fighting to save jfk the past was fighting to not be changed and it was like the past almost became its own its own entity and it like it was just it was really cool how
0: at that point it came together exactly i mean as soon as the the calendar hit that date the pace just kicked it up a notch and it just mm-hmm. got so much faster. Everything just happened, um, which was really interesting So obviously it was a race against time. But what I was thinking is the whole past fighting back, I mean, how much of um, control does the yellow ticket, the, the card man mm. have? Could it be that they had a part in trying to prevent this because they knew what would happen? They knew the more you must have time, the worse things get. That's really interesting. That's a great
3: point, too. And it seems like they had <laughs> absolutely no power over it. Uh-uh. That's I the think impression the I got. one thing they might have had power over, though, is
2: protecting their locations. Okay. Right? Because, especially at the end, when he comes yeah. back and everything is so horrific. But the gate's still there. Like, you would think in in logical time travel <laughs> that enough things would have changed that the diner wouldn't be there when he went to go back, right? That, yeah. that, mm-hmm. No, exactly. That, things, that, that would have to change. And so maybe like, yellow card man not just is a kind of a warning, but is also like, has to keep that piece together and yeah. and then any other efforts they have are trying to
0: keep themselves and the world from being destroyed. Mm-hmm. So basically, they are they're like gatekeepers of their particular time loop or mm-hmm. time yeah. travel zone thing. <laughs> yeah. So now that's one more thing I have to think about. Now we're gonna get down here
3: because I'm gonna go, okay. There were other places. where were they? where were they mm-hmm. there? What did that? There
1: mean? are other worlds than these. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what was interesting was because you know. Jake went back, and he he did not do as many back and forth as Al did, like the you know the diner owner. But you think about then the impact because we learn about the yellow card man and what the, the his role is, and these every single time that history is reset with one of these visits, it almost creates like a different a different line, mm-hmm. um, and so. And it kind of goes back to the torture then, the horror aspect of these poor yellow card men because Al went back all the time. And yeah. like, how many times did he go back? And every time he went back, it's impacting the stability of the the, the mental stability of that yellow card man to a point where, oh my God, stop using this rabbit you hole, drink. you people. Yeah. And now it gets to a point where he ends up You know, slit in his throat because he just can't take how much the pass is being splintered with each visit. And all the food. I wonder what the yellow card
2: man was like on Al's first visit. Mm.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm Mhm. But how they made a point about the food too—that he kept going and everybody was eating that. Like that kind of blew my mind a little bit too. When I, but I mean I. I guess I really couldn't even take it in. It just didn't sound good to me at all. <laughs> Getting all that meat. Like, and it was crossing over. And cause the, one of the guys say that had an impact on it too. You couldn't keep doing that.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Cause it, it was going back. Yeah, through. Cause you'd be basing 1950s meat yeah. and 2000s. Like I spent, of meat, a lot of time,
3: I spent a lot of time there seeing what that was going to do to the environment or breaking down whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always thought Al was sick or I wanted to say he was sick because of all the travel, too, but they never said anything about that. But, like, I thought that didn't help him. Yeah. Like, was that going to... Yeah.
1: Could you do? Like, what kind of toll does that take on on your body, like, on consistently going back to these different generations? I mean, it didn't or help that, like... In 1958 to 1963, people were smoking like chimneys, and yeah. you know, and because that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, because that was such a, it became such a huge yeah. part of the book that you know, like there was just smoke everywhere. Yeah, definitely.
3: And now you can't have a cigarette place. in a movie or anything. I know. And I'm <laughs> like, I could smell the smoke off of her. (laughs) That girl smoked and smoked and smoked. And she was a school teacher.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those are back in the days where they had the smoking the smoking areas that you could smoke on campus. Yeah. So because if a teacher's caught smoking now, they're gonna get what written up maybe Mm -hmm. or lose their job or whatever
3: they're Smoking
1: like that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. if they want it, like, because I work at a high school, and so like, if if somebody wants to like, and now most people don't smoke; they have like their little their nicotine vapes, vapes. or whatever. Yeah. Um, they and they can't do it anywhere on campus, so they can if they if they need to smoke or whatever, they have to on their like lunch break. They have to get in their car and they have to leave campus and then you know come back. But um, yeah, it's just like ugh, it's so gross. So. Um all right so should we uh then ask the 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 question we knew we were eventually going to ask about um Lee Harvey Oswald and kind of like we we see a lot of his progression towards leading up to his determination to assassinate JFK, and there's there's all the you know conspiracy theories on whether he worked alone or whether he worked with someone. Here we see pretty much that is presented that that he kind of worked worked alone. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on? this conspiracy theory and JFK's assassination.
3: I felt exactly how Stephen King did. I thought he worked alone. I thought there was some possibility there that I would maybe try to do research with um, some of the other foreigners that were there, but I totally thought he was alone. That's what I've thought since I was young.
2: Mm -hmm. My thoughts on this are complicated. (laughs) What? Who would have thought? surprisingly <laughs> um, because it is I, and I think for me the reason it's it's hard to make a determination is that factor we talked about earlier that it is so new in US history in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. that we don't have all the information and mm-hmm. there's a lot that's still classified, there's a lot that hasn't been released um, I have an entire bookshelf in my office dedicated to books on the assassination wow. or the Kennedy administration in general. I'm a giant nerd. <laughs> uh, but, um, and some are, are, dedicated to Oswald, but um, I just don't, sometimes I feel like I don't think he worked alone because I don't want to give him that much credit. Mm. You know, like there, and he talks a little bit in the book about, his interactions with other people that may or may not have influenced him, whether that's military mm. or, or whatever. But um yeah, I think the, the part of me that always wants to learn more specifically about the cold war and, and the Kennedy's um, might even be a little disappointed if he did work alone, like a, yeah. a conspiracy theory, yeah. would almost feel more satisfying because it was, such a huge turning point and it does have this like shroud of what if behind it in American culture clearly in literature um, I kind of I just don't think I want to give the guy that much credit (laughs) for just being one person but that's also how history turns right like Mm -hmm. we've seen that before with other impactful assassinations throughout the world so I would I would like to think in a weird way um, that there was more behind it And I very much look forward to learning more as more things are declassified over the years. Uh, Yeah. I just can't fully give him the credit on his own
0: yet.
3: Yeah. I felt like it was so easy to have a gun. Um, He... Kennedy was hated like Lincoln was. Mm -hmm. And so even with Lincoln's assassination, he was just in the right place at the right time to pull it off. And that's how I feel like this happened because... He was very political and happened to live out of the country for a while. And then he was keeping up with the news. And then all of a sudden, in real life, he has guns and he happens to be working in a place where this is going to go by. And he's already said to himself, I'm that crazy that I'm going to walk in here and just shoot him that easily. So I think it just fell into his lap, just like Lincoln's assassination, Mm -hmm. where he was shot um, because he knew he could get in there and do it because he was crazy and he was working a lot that's how i kind of look at
1: it i'm kind of between both of you like i think the day kennedy was assassinated i think lee harvey oswald was there by himself um, and did it yes however okay. i do think that there are um he is not a smart enough man to have done it on his own like i think there was a lot of behind the scenes influence with and i think some of that came with the characters that we saw in the book as you know um jake is kind of doing all his surveillance so i really do think that it's almost like lee harvey oswald was more of like a pawn in a in a bigger in a bigger picture um so, But in in the moment, I think that he did act alone. However, my twist on this is I think that there were other people there that day ready to do the exact same thing Lee Harvey mm-hmm. Oswald did. I just think that because he worked at that book depository and had the, the ability to be where he was, he yeah. was the one who had the best shot at the, the time that he had it And so he's the one who was able to do it. But I do think because there were so many different people and groups who did not like JFK, it was a very um, turmoil-filled time period with the Cuban Missile Crisis and everything that was going on, that I think there were other people that could have been there acting either on their own or with other influences. But I just think... Like like Jen said, I just think that it kind of fell on his lap and he was just kind of like, I don't know if you want to use lucky, but the lucky one to be able to be the one to follow through with it mm-hmm. and not allow any of the other potential assassins to, to do it. But,
3: yeah, cause he I was not alone. Idea. Most people did not want him to be president. So he mm-hmm. was, a lot of people hated him. Like you said, I think somebody else would have tried to kill him. They killed his brother, Robert. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was just a matter of time.
0: Uh-huh. But there was rumors that he was hired by the mob, wasn't there? That he was actually mm-hmm. he was sworn in as yeah as a mob mm-hmm. member. Which I really like. See, I like the I like the, the theory that it was a government hit. Mhm. I and, like that. And, and, and I you mean, gotta the, think the, like... the writer and reader and me just makes it it's kind of juicy that it wasn't actually just one one man. It was the government didn't want him anymore. They didn't want him in in power. And
1: I could easily see that that being one of like the groups that were there because when you think about it,
0: yeah. you know,
1: there he's going to have the, the the government protection and um, the armed um, whatever. I you know, I mean, he's nowadays a
2: lot of conflict yeah. in his administration. Yes. Like that's Sorry. a really interesting
1: angle to look at it. Totally. Yeah. Um, and we kind of hinted at this but when all is said and done and he is successful in his mission and he goes back to 2011 to the world now with JFK not having been assassinated this was this is an area that received the most like criticism in the entire book yeah. like when you look at reviews and you look at like perceptions of the book this is the most negatively received part of this book was what the world is what are your thoughts on that?
0: I want to hear from Steph first because Steph is such a, a like a Kennedy fanatic. Do you think that that America could have turned into that kind of? It was basically turned into Nazis, wasn't it? Basically into kind of it was very fascist um, area. Um, oh, I have so many thoughts.
2: <laughs> I am one of those. I do not like that portion of the book. I feel like when mm-hmm. he comes back and it is this utter wasteland of just it's just horrific and to me from a book perspective it felt like too much of a switch Mm -hmm. like yes there's going to be a lot of impact but you're basically coming back to the world on fire right like I just have these images of like literal orange skies and (laughs) and oh, yeah, roving gangs of criminals yeah. and that just that felt like a stone too far you know so I, I just couldn't get behind that as much as the only part in the book I don't absolutely love mm-hmm. from a political perspective I do think that if JFK had lived things would be very different Um and they talk Al talks about it a little bit like how that timeline could have fallen but if if he didn't get assassinated, then maybe we don't go as hard into Vietnam. Certainly, certainly is the wrong word when you're talking
3: about <laughs> <adult> <laughs> reality. Um,
2: would, would you have had the assassinations of Martin Luther King Jr. and of Bobby Kennedy? Um, I don't necessarily think so, unless you're talking about government conspiracy. So if you're talking about Lee Harvey Os- Oswald acting alone and him not succeeding and Kennedy still being president, yes, I think we would have had a very different 60s and therefore a very different turn for the country. But if it really was a bigger thing that this was their goal regardless, then I don't know because I think they would have kept going. I think it could have actually made it worse. I think you could have seen more, um, like more attempts or even more brazen attempts that would have created even more divide mm-hmm. politically than they already had. Um, and then that would have made for a very different 60s in see too. So Do you remember know saying that Kennedy was quite racist? He didn't really there's, believe... There's definitely some, like, there's some talk on that. Um, but Bobby Kennedy did a lot of work in the 60s on, on race relations and... It's really, hard, it's really hard to know even how the work that Bobby Kennedy did in the 60s was affected by the death of his brother, mm-hmm. right? Because how would that have, yeah. how would that have gone? So I could talk about this all day. That's <laughs> not what this podcast is about. I do I agree, agree that please. it
3: was too much for like the environment to be completely broke down, and it was yeah. like, like you said, there was fires and orange skies. Like that was a big leap. If it had been further on like past where we are today I could have um, accepted that a little better but I did I said wow like just because of that we are like destroying the earth right now
0: yeah that seems too far I do think it was a little bit too far but um, at the same time I kind of see both sides it kind of feels like when we went back it was the culmination of the, the butterfly effect so with obviously with him being not having been killed But also almost like the breakdown of time itself so because of the fact that this major event had been prevented in the past it's almost like it's the the culmination of the two things of natural events of what would happen have had he survived as well as the breakdown of this whole Oh time, I see. Timeline. So you're saying it didn't have to do with Kennedy,
3: it had to do with how they were messing with the environment and the world crossing back and forth. I think yeah,
0: I think it yeah, was kind of a mixture yeah, of both 4%. of them. Mm. Yeah. It kind
1: that of does make, make like... more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I agree. I I did not like it. Like I like it's it's almost like when he returns it's like a completely different book. It it's just like <laughs> yeah. it, it it did not it's jarring. Yes, it's just like Whoa, wait a second. Now, I did think it was interesting because he, uh, Harry was there. Um, and so because, again, mm-hmm. he had stopped Harry from, you know, being hurt in dairy. So I thought that was kind of an interesting little dynamic to see Harry in that world. But yeah, because you also have to keep in mind that almost 50 years had gone by from the time that. assassinated assassination was thwarted Mm -hmm. to 2011 and so uh it you know in my mind i'm like really this this catastrophic like like world blow up world on fire all because jfk wasn't assassinated like it was it was a little yeah, too yeah. far fetched and so so i you know i kind of had some of the same thoughts liz did that it's it's more than just that it is the fact that we we manipulated time we did things that we should not have ever in the grand scheme of time space continuum been able to do, and there's consequences for everything. It's that butterfly effect. It's uh like it, a Marvel movie. Yes, it's <laughs> like the multiverse. <laughs> uh, but they didn't
0: fix it; they made it worse. It just broke down. It was yeah. like that one in Spider-Man where the where the whole sort of New York just breaks down because they mess with time yeah. too much.
1: Yeah, it just I, Stephen I, King loves a good like multiverse.
0: <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I mean, his whole isn't his whole like. So thing's a multiverse, isn't it? <laughs> Every <laughs> single book. <laughs> I wow. also... That um, that kind of scene, that area, it kind of added yet another genre into what is a crazy amount of genre- genres in the book because it was very post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm.
1: Very so much. So you've
0: got, obviously, the post-apocalyptic, you've got the thriller, you've got the sci-fi with the t- time travel, you've got the romance, you've got the horror aspect. So it was just... It's not a sort of book you can just give a label to. Mm-mm. There are so many different mm-hmm. genres that cross over that it would be impossible to to label it, but again, that comes back <laughs> to <laughs> his
1: his masterful <laughs> storytelling ability because not everybody would be able to to create such a work like this um, oh yeah, so awesome. uh yeah, so. So I have a
2: question for everybody. Because um, I think you do talk about the fact that there mm, Everything is woven so well together. You know, we've talked about just how seamlessly all the different genres come together in the storylines. For me, there were a couple, like, moments in the story that weren't necessarily twists, but, like, you thought you knew something and then you were like, oh, my gosh, that's what that meant. So, like, for me, one of those things was when he's at the Dunnings on Halloween and you learn that a hammer isn't a hammer, Eh. it's a sledgehammer. Right. And that's just a whole like gut check. Like, were there other moments like that in the story for you guys? Or did you feel the same way in that moment that he like would have these reveals of,
0: Oh, this is a huge
2: specific thing that
0: has stuck in your mind. Yeah. For me, it was, I think it was Sadie's name when they said it was very similar um, yeah, was, to really yeah, to Harry's family, and that it was like really close together, and all to do with the fact that he stopped that. Potentially, mm-hmm. that was like a big kind of amazing moment, like shock moment.
3: Yeah, It's that. just one of those amazing layers that he puts in there. Those little pieces mm-hmm. that you go, oh, mm-hmm. wow. Like now you have me thinking about one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That had, you know, more brought more meaning and direction to where you're leading me. Mm. Yeah. It's mind-blowing.
1: I agree. And, like, you know, the same thing. I had the same reaction with the names. And I'm just like, he's like, oh, if you just change a letter. It's like, oh, my gracious. Uh, <laughs> but it was also, like, the hammer thing yeah. was, it was mm. just like, you know, because you're going into it with your perception of what you think it is. And then it's, it's different. Um and I don't know necessarily that this is the same way, but the one thing that kind of, like, always, like, had me was was the whole J-Law stuff. And it's just like, you know. Yes,
2: Jim Law or was Law, yeah, me, too. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was, yeah. That
1: was so terrible.
3: weird.
1: <laughs> and I, yeah, that, that's the piece that I was like, what is going on? Like, it just kind of creeps me sad. out. Like,
0: it yeah. Did. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really strange.
3: All right. You know, anytime he thought he heard it, I was like, Okay. That scared
1: me. Yeah, right. Um, again, that horror aspect of of King kind of coming out a little bit and making his little subtle subtle turns. Um. Mm. All right, so my last questions begin to to wrap up our <laughs> pushing an hour long conversation on this book. <laughs> Is
0: it's eight hundred pages? So I know.
1: Um. But I really, really am curious about your guys's thought on the final pages like how the book actually ended so we talked a little bit about when he goes back and sees this post-apocalyptic world but that's not the conclusion of the book so what are your final thoughts on the final pages of this book
0: I think it was quite quite beautiful how he went and he sought out an 80 year old Sadie yeah. I thought that was really nice, kind of, but at the same time, not not necessarily the final pages, but he uh, he was absolutely head over heels in love with her. I don't know if I could have stayed away, like I don't know if I could have not gone back and just not trying my best not to change too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that the future <laughs> isn't too messed up. I don't think I could just like come back to present day and then like quickly pop in and go back out. Without going to her, because that kind of broke me. That was just like it
3: broke me. I was devastated. I was. I am a H E A happily ever after reader. I, I that is mostly what I read. <laughs> I want to feel good when I'm not working, and I just want it to be like Disneyland, and I want everybody to be wonderful.
0: Stephen and... King is never that though. <laughs> no, I know.
3: Nope. I was fortunate there was romance at all, which I was super happy yeah. about, and I loved. Their story, I loved it, yeah. and I cried when they were dancing. Like mm-hmm. I, because Aww. it was all he could give her. Like I yeah. get emotional right now just thinking about it, because <laughs> it was such a hard decision for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it they were never together really, and yeah. it it just made me so
0: sad. Oh, and when she got shot as well, that just like, oh, I I
3: mm-hmm.
0: I was yeah, I got teary at that.
3: And when half of her mouth was destroyed, oh. And oh. the surgeries and how it was, you know, and how much he just stood by her, and you know, yeah. she just did not have a good life, and like it was beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, he he stood by her through so much, and likewise with Sadie, and to be able to just walk away. I mean, yeah, I couldn't physically do that. <laughs> it was so beautiful. He he, you know, he did he did do the right he did the right thing for the world mm-hmm. because he made sure that the the yellow card men of the world um mm-hmm. weren't turned into alcoholics to end up killing themselves um and also he made sure that the future was not quite as bleak as the one that we were going to get mm-hmm. i mean he he didn't know we were getting gonna gonna get covid and such so <laughs> 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 he, he doesn't quite know that but he, he managed to make it a bit better than we would have got it Um, So in that way, obviously he, he did the best of the world, but for himself, I just felt so sorry that he couldn't get the the ending that he deserved. I know. I I was so sad. I'm going to share my thoughts. Hang on. I want Steph, I want you to go
1: last. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to finish this out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I too was, was truly devastated. And in, in just a way that he had to make that sacrifice that he chose mm-hmm. the sacrifice the one for the good of the many and, and and that's what he did like he comes back to this post-apocalyptic world and he's like there's no way in hell i'm doing this and knowing that going back to the rabbit hole is going to reset everything and he would have to do it all over again and another five years he'd be another five years older because he's aging, so if he went back to Jody, Texas, and waited for for Sadie, he'd be five additional years older. he was already a little older than her, and there was mm. doubt there on what would happen um, but he he made that sacrifice he's like, "I can't be in the past because any little thing, any little like the, the butterfly effect any little twig I step on and break, who knows what world i'm going to go back to and so being able to go back to reset everything with that trip back down the rabbit hole just to go back to the world he left um, probably I couldn't imagine the pain that he was in to do that but oh my god to then go and find her and have that moment with her but not only that but the idea that she's like do I know you like that there is an underlying yeah. connection that even though the past that he went back and did is not the past because it was reset it's those timelines like you still created that split in time that still has that impact that it's almost like a shadow like a little a little something a little hint a little thing that's sitting off to your shoulder that you can mm-hmm. kind of feel but you can't grasp because that split timelines there and so the fact that mm-hmm. they had that moment and he knew everything and she knew just this fleeting, yeah. like, what feels like a waking up from a dream almost, and you can't grasp it. But yet, he held it together because of his love for her. Like, I, I did. I, I had tears in my eyes. I was just like, oh, my God, this ending. Like, <laughs> that was so sad. It, it totally <laughs> made up for when he came back to the post-apocalyptic world. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it totally made up for that. Yeah. All right. S- Steph? Bring us home. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Um,
2: So Jake and Sadie are my favorite book couple of all time. And until recently, I wasn't a romance reader at all. So it says something that my top two book couples of all time are both from Stephen King books. But (laughs) also, I think he writes in such a genuine way because the sacrifice is so real. And it doesn't feel contrived or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's not, you're not rolling your eyes at it. Like, that is a genuine moment at the end. And just like you guys, like, it broke me. Like, it's just so heartbreaking, but also so happy at the same time, you know, to have them have at least that one moment.
0: It's very bittersweet. It is. Mm
2: -hmm. And he writes sacrifice so well and so it's I I think that that is they have they have an incredible story when they're together he absolutely stands by her she stands by him like their partnership is fantastic but it is that ultimate like sacrifice and like
0: Mm.
2: you know I this is a true love but I still can't do it that I think he just does so well that makes you really bond with those couples and just makes you like so happy sad for them you know like and i love that she has that little echo of him at the end and it's i think similar to um when he when he goes back to the dunnings the first time and he calls the little sister on the phone you know and she like she knows it's him even though she has no reason to think that Like, there's just those little echoes of, like, what's happened before kind of keeps coming back a little bit. People are just have a heightened sense of it. And I think that that's, like, a really great kind of representation of, like, soulmates or true love or, like, even if they didn't get to spend their lives together, there's still that part that she's like, you know, my heart recognizes your heart.
0: They still won. There is something there. space and time.
1: I'm just going to cry all over again. I (laughs) I was almost crying. I thought, oh, the girls are going to see me
3: crying. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I just think he he
2: writes characters so well, and then the sacrifice of love so well, that Mm -hmm. that's not something you expect to talk about from the world's most prolific
0: horror author, but that's where we're at. He is just... So stunning in that regard. I mean, let's face it: most endings on Stephen King, you don't get satisfaction. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's usually like a not the ending you really want, but it's still an ending nonetheless. <laughs> um, so does I want to know? And in um, a way, it is satisfying, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's not the one you want, but it is. it's it still, hurts. yeah, it, it 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 ties everything up nicely and it makes sense.
1: But I think it's the only ending that could be. I think
0: yeah. it, it is the yeah. it is the
1: only ending that yeah. could have happened. It was the only choice. And I think that's why it's a little bit more painful because it's not the yeah. ending you want, but you know it's it's the only ending we can have.
0: Definitely. And Steph, I wanna know, so does this ending still break you, like on the rereads? Oh,
2: hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> really. I have not finished my reread that I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not and I'm already like, my heart's a little bit like, oh, when we get to that part, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, guys. Like, it will be an ugly cry,
3: for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, it's on Hulu. You know, I don't know if yes. anyone knows that. And I won't watch I, it just because of that. I don't watch I it. I going to as a cry. Has I it. The show? I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to cry. And we like, didn't get what? Hulu in the UK. It's like, oh. t- um, it's like Titanic. I'm like, I can't. Oh watch my it. God. <laughs> I think it might and be on, feeling on time. I have, I think... And I really want to see what they did with it. Cause it won't be as good, but yeah. I'm like, Oh, but Steph has watched it. it. Steph has thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, no, <laughs> I think about it all the time. I highly recommend watching the show. Um, my, I have a book club through my work that we also read this. Um, <laughs> at my suggestion
3: and
2: they <laughs> know how no, well. no. oh my gosh what?
1: Stephanie <laughs> everything you say is such a surprise today <laughs>
2: um, but as a book club we watched the show after we read the book mm-hmm. and it was a really fun experience to just see everybody's thoughts on it there are parts of it that are very different yeah. like very different oh, okay. the final episode is almost word for word <gasps> oh no. no
3: oh
2: no <sighs> Is both good oh, and bad, no. right? Yeah, um, but I just th- think it's highly worthwhile, like, especially if you go into it knowing like, okay. that they're gonna do things differently. But isn't that yeah. the point of time travel? Like, maybe things yeah. always gonna be just a little yeah. different anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sad, Liz, that you don't get Hulu in the UK because
0: I think it might be on Prime. I need to have a look. I think it might. Oh, be... it might be.
2: JJ yeah. Abrams did it. Um,
3: uh, oh, no James
2: Franco plays
3: Jake.
2: No, uh, I
0: Ooh. I
3: started it when I started reading, and I said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to compare the two, so I'm going to wait. Yeah, yeah, wait until, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I never
0: yeah, I like, like to watch the re-watch. anything until I read Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. All it's right, so I'm good, it. you guys. <laughs> all
2: right.
0: Probably all watching six so... months. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe eight months, so we'll, we'll see. Oh, good point. Yeah, we, we've got shut and bone first. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's
1: what I'm watching in, like, six yeah, months. months, so, yeah, so <laughs> let's... So, yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm on spring break this week, but I'm still working. I'm going to try to get something watched. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know.
0: Working I, hard or hardly working?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> I'm actually working hard because we are entering oh. our our testing season for all of our state Ooh. tests. And I, I run all of our state tests at our school. So when we start the week, we're back. Um yeah, so our first big test is, you know, our state science test with all of our juniors and I run testing and this will be the first time that I'm running a test and I won't be able to be on campus to run it. So now I have to, like, put it together, yeah, yeah. run it, but also train people to run it for me in the way that I would normally, mm-hmm. it's it's a mess. So, yeah, wish me luck, guys. All yeah. right, so are we ready to uh, have our fun with our either or? Yeah, and it's a it's a Stephen King driven either or. All right, I <laughs> Stephanie we'll has put, put on her gloves.
0: On the <laughs> it's, it's quite funny. The, my top five are quite emotional, and then um, Holly went for the um, the actual Stephen King straight ones, where yeah. mine are related to the book. Yeah, so and so like I'm like,
1: oh, Liz, Liz's questions are great, and then I'm like, I don't know what else. I like all the ones I would have come up with are the same as she came up with. So I'm like, fine, we're just gonna pick books. so <laughs> So you have to pick your favorite King books. Um, for me, it's movies because I haven't read any of the books,
0: so I'm basing it off the movies I liked. All right, oh, here by we the go. Way, one last question, mm-hmm. Steph. What was the other favorite couple of yours from Stephen King? I was curious. Oh, um,
2: Roland and Susan Delgado from The Dark Tower, specifically Ooh, okay. in book four, Wizard and Glass, is their story, and it will break you just like this broke you. Ooh.
0: I've only read the first one. I haven't read the other ones yet, so...
2: The fourth one is the best one, but I definitely okay. recommend the whole entire series. <laughs> um, but, oh my gosh. I mean, you could even read it as a standalone if you really wanted. It is just the most incredible <laughs> slash devastating love story you'll ever read. Why? Uh,
1: Why put yourself through that pain? I know. <laughs> That's <what that> is.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you're
3: right. You're absolutely right. And there is room for that with me, but most of the time like during the week I got to have one HG. I got to have something turn out free. Yes. This great, this great man who just listens to every single thing I say and just thinks I'm
1: the world. <laughs> right? It's like we read to escape reality, not continue yes. to live it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to either or. We're going to go um how we're going to go counterclockwise versus, uh, based on how you are on my screen. So we're going to go Liz, Jen, Steph, and then me. Okay? Okay. Got that. So Liz you your first.
0: Mhm. Okay. All right. Easy.
1: <laughs> here we go. And again, it's we fail every time, but no explanation, pick and it's a quick 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 quick. All right. Here we go. Question number 1. Um travel Back in time or travel forward.
0: Travel back in time.
1: Back in time. Back in time. I agree, back in time. Um never know the love of your life or change the world completely to be with her.
0: I I can't listen. I mm. change the world completely to be with her. Okay. Change the world. Change the world. Oh, look at Stephanie! <laughs> I can't, guys.
1: Um, I guess I'm gonna about go with girls Never girls. Know. <laughs> and I, you know, as 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 heartbreaking as it is, I think I'd have to agree. I think I would have to pick Never Know.
2: I'm a little mad he
0: even made me think about it.
1: <laughs> that was oh, Liz's question. It was Liz's question.
0: Steph, <laughs> I apologize for the next one.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah mm -hmm, here you go all right grow old in the past loved or grow old in the present alone (laughs) i'm gonna
3: say
2: the past grow old in the past i
1: would pick the past i would 100 (laughs) percent take the past 100 Uh, percent (laughs) um and be alone oh the, the present is bad enough (laughs) uh okay uh change the past or leave the past alone leave the past alone leave the past alone (laughs) (laughs)
2: leave the past alone
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) i'm really impressed you really really have that look like you're like um i would agree i'd say leave the past alone um face
0: pennywise
1: or try to stop the assassination of jfk both Ooh. bad
0: choices face pennywise i think it'd be more than <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially if i've got people to deal with <laughs> try to
1: stop the assassination try to stop the assassination <laughs> I would probably agree to face Pennywise, just because I don't oh, want yeah. <laughs> I don't I want to create an apocalyptic I world. I want to see him. I not want to see him. <laughs> Honey, you
0: can join me. We That's can go right. Of, our adventure. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> we can take him. All right. So the rest of these are picking picking your favorite Stephen King book out of these pairings. All right, Carrie or Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Carrie. Pet Cemetery. Oh, Pet cemetery. <laughs> the stand or it? It. 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 Okay, it. i uh, going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's attached to my past, my childhood. Um, the Shining or Salem's Lot? The Shining. Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. I'm gonna go The Shining. Um, misery or The Mist. Oh, Misery. Misery. I loved it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read either. Oh. Have you seen any
2: either? Oh,
1: you gotta watch. So misery. I'm gonna go
2: Misery just by oh, reputation. Girl,
1: you gotta see Misery. <laughs> the Mist. The Mist. Oh my God. I'm going with The Mist um okay last one say,
0: yeah go ahead the you... mist is just the mist the ending is just messed up to all buggery. you have to read re- i have, have heard stuff. that mm-hmm. so it's like the worst ending ever <laughs>
2: <laughs> Worse than a post-apocalyptic
0: world yes <laughs> in the middle of a love story yeah in yes! the middle oh, of a God, love yes! story <laughs> so, yeah, you've seen the mist haven't you mm-hmm. it's messed up it is the ending is just <laughs> oh yeah no. Now I got. Now mm-hmm. I want to
1: go watch it again. It's been so long since I've seen it. Me
0: too. <laughs> All right, our last. We'll take it. Yeah,
1: our last one. Firestarter or Under the Dome. Firestarter.
2: Firestarter. Firestarter. I'm gonna break my <laughs> rule and say I haven't read Firestarter, but it's still better than Under the Dome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read either. I've only you know. watched Firestarter.
1: Yeah. I I haven't obviously I haven't read them but I've seen fi- I've seen both of them and definitely 100% Firestarter is is much much better so
2: Under the Dome is an incredible book with you. a Horrible ending, in
1: my opinion. <laughs> Wait until you get to the mist. Yeah. <laughs> not that you're opinionated about it or anything. <laughs> I don't have strong feelings about one here. Nope, not at all. All right, before we kind of wrap it up, let's go around and just let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Stephanie, we'll start with you.
2: You can find me on Instagram at bookscats
3: tacos. The three best things in the world. Um, never. <laughs> Jennifer. I'm at Kindles all the way down on Instagram.
0: Okay, Liz. Uh, I am on Instagram, Lizzie's Little Book Nook. And my website is lizzie'slittlebooknook.co.uk. Uh, we? I am on Instagram at azdesertbookworm. And
1: my website is www.azdesert. Uh, Bookworm.com Alright, so let's start with our next book club I believe we are back in June And we will... um be reading emily Emily henry's new release i believe her book is being released in in may a happy place so we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna jump start the summer with a with a hopefully for jennifer a happily ever after book (laughs) (laughs) i I told my husband i said we're reading one of my favorite
0: authors oh it's gonna be a happy end happy ever after i've only read book i've only read book lovers out hers so, there are always
3: see. rom-coms too mm-hmm. yeah. and she is sarcastic just like me like i think the way that she writes yeah. and so i think everything mm-hmm. she writes is hilarious but i'm from los angeles and like a lot of people nice. are like oh we don't know how to take you sometimes but yeah <laughs> i i've i've read book, book, lovers? book lovers
2: you haven't finished yeah. it
3: No, I just finished it a
2: couple weeks ago, and I was blown away how good it is. Like, I'm excited to read more of hers. That's the only Ah, one I've read. She is
3: so good.
1: See, I've read two, and I'm split down the middle because I loved book lovers, but I did not like the people we meet on vacation. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. We yeah, can no, talk about that. Say, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll save that for June. Um, yeah. Between now and June, we do have a couple episodes coming up. Our next episode will drop on April 17th. We have our first repeat guest author. So excited. Um, Jessica Gravu Glover will be joining us. She is the author of, um, another beast skin series, and she has a brand new book coming out. That's kind of, I believe it's a standalone. It's not connected to another beast mm. skin, uh, but stars like gasoline will be released towards the end of april so she's going to join us um kind of just about 10 days before the release of her brand new book so we're so excited to welcome her back and then um uh between now and then i hope you guys you know maybe pick up eleven, twenty-two, sixty-three, and you know dig into some jfk 1960s history um But we appreciate you guys coming on this ride with us and listening, and we hope that you are reading amazing books. So until next time, everyone, happy reading. Happy reading. reading.